0: I was watching, um, I I have a Twitter account, you may or may not know that, but I uh, was on Twitter this week and I saw this video. I was really struck by this video. I just wanna show you, it's a minute long. I want you to focus on the joy, and I think how this encapsulates the reading that we've just shared. Just watch this for a minute. (laughs) the joy of this. And the person who shared it, this guy called Anthony Bradley uh, on Twitter, he said, this is from Gaston County, North Carolina. This is the black church, he says. No instruments needed when praise releases the psyche from depression, anxiety, and the voices from trauma. This is, I think, a good example of what I want to talk about today. The vision for the new academic year. This, this video shows the, the joy that just erupts within this congregation, no uh, instruments needed. These, these people uh, who are African American in America who've endured centuries of oppression, slavery, racism, when they come to worship, they cannot help it, but they let that praise erupt standing firm amidst the difficulties of life. In this video, there is no nominal Christianity. There is no coming to church out of guilt or wanting to look good or thinking, oh, I'd better be there, you know, just to look good. There is pure joy in the Lord. I don't know if you saw that. Maybe it's just me, but just seeing that joy really lifted my spirit this year. I think it captures this vision that I hope... I want for this this church this year, this vision, which in verse 10 Paul says here, is just really simple. Be strong in the Lord in the strength of his power and might. Brothers and sisters, and those who may be listening back on the, the tape, this vision is not complicated. It's not a complicated message I have today. It's not looking at the the original Greek or the the, the kind of technicalities of the way Paul constructs his argument. I don't even have a vision for 10,000 people in this local community to come to faith in, you know, by this time next year, my vision, the vision for this church this coming year is simple. It is stand firm, stand firm. the simple things well when i was playing football growing up if you're new to this church i try and mention football at least once in every sermon anyway when i was playing football when i was about 10 or 11 i remember watching the best players on tv and trying to do all these amazing moves that they did and our coach just said to us he just said stop trying to do the complicated things just do the simple things well get the ball and pass it to someone else and don't run towards it the whole time And that is what, brothers and sisters, we are called to do. It is not our job to build the church. It's not even my job as the pastor to build the church. We are called to stand firm on the work that God has already done, okay? Why do we need to stand? And what is the work that God has done? Why do we need to stand? Because in verse 12, Paul says, Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Brothers and sisters, God doesn't tempt us. It says in the book of James that when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone difficulties in life come. But the fault doesn't even often lie with other people. That might be a shock to some of us because, you know, other people can be really annoying, can't they, at times? When you have plans in your life, you're trying to get on with things, other people can be annoying. But as Christians, we believe that there is a spiritual realm what does it say before? There is a spiritual realm. There is something beyond just the, the physical reality and what we can see in front of us. There is an enemy, a force which causes us to slip and puts things in our way. How often in life do you think you've got things sorted? You put your your ducks in a row. Is the phrase, isn't it? Everything's all sorted, and you know you've got everything planned out and then something completely out of your control just mucks it all up. This happens so often. Maybe you're you're uh, you know planning a trip out for a day with friends and you get everything ready then you've got a, a train strike. Jonathan and his colleagues are striking at the uh, Lime Street station. You know you make plans for your life. You Maybe you move house or you move city or something and you, you move to be near friends and you know, they move away or someone gets ill. Life throws things at you all the time, doesn't it? I don't know if I'm speaking, you know, to the choir it does. You you make things happen. What's that old phrase they say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> you know, it's it's life is tough. We face opposition daily, and to some extent there is, you know, of course there's an element of being our fault too. You know, things are our fault. Scripture makes that clear. But there is an active force behind life that makes it difficult and unexpected things happen. And becoming a Christian doesn't suddenly mean your life is going to be easy. That should be obvious by now, if it isn't already. But this force behind the universe, these, these, these kind of uh, the spiritual forces of evil, are not equal to God. They're not equal to God. And we've spoken about this a lot before, but God has already won the victory on the the cross and the resurrection, hasn't he? It's not as if in some religions and in some different things. So for instance, anyone know this, this thing? It's the yin yang, isn't it? That's right. So in some Eastern philosophies, you have this idea that, you know, good and evil are fighting against each other. And the outcome isn't secure. You know, it could go one way or the other. We know from what Paul says earlier in Ephesians, in the same letter, that that is not true. What does he say? That's a little thing saying that's wrong, by the way. Yeah, we don't believe in that, that's fine. (laughs) Even earlier in this book of Ephesians, Paul says that Jesus is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. Every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, in the age to come. God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything the message of the new testament is not that we're locked into this battle and we're not sure what's going to happen later on but that the powers and principalities of evil have been defeated already but they still rage on they still clamor for our attention and our allegiance and they try and get us to to follow their ways rather than Jesus' ways and our job is not to defeat these powers and principalities because they've already been defeated. What's our task? Stand firm, stand firm with the full armor of God. So where does this armor come in then? Well, I just said it. When we stand firm, we put on the armor of God. Whatever life throws at us, whatever unexpected things happen to us, we can withstand. We don't wait till we're in trouble as Christians to put on the armour, do we? You wear it every day because you never know what's going to happen each day. Samuel Logan Brangle, one of the, uh, the early Salvation Army kind of heroes of the faith, he was um, a commissioner in the early Salvation Army in the, in the late 1800s, and he said this, he wrote a lot about holiness. Holiness will make you hot enough to burn your way through your circumstances. I love in Romans 8, it says that we're like lambs being led to the slaughter, but in all things you are more than conquerors. Amen? Amen. And you know what? Some of you in this congregation, you embody this. You know, Jenny and I have been here seven years. We've seen some incredible examples of endurance in dreadful circumstances. And we thank God for that. And it's not always easy, but it's, that's the task we've been given. So time is marching on. Let's look at the, the armour of God just the last few moments, a minute. We could do a whole series on this. And we have in the past. You can look back at our things. But let's just look at these things today. The belt. Jenny wore them earlier, didn't she? The belt of truth. Paul, of course, is talking uh, 2,000 years ago in the time of the Roman Empire. And he was talking about, I suppose, the, the kind of battle that the Romans would, would face. And uh, they used to wear quite loose-fitting clothing, like these, these things that you can see here. And the belt was there to hold everything together. It was the foundation piece of the whole um, piece of armour. Without this belt, everything else would fall off. And while the truth, the belt of truth, it does refer to the gospel, that's also mentioned later, it refers in many ways more to, to just the sense of truthfulness. Do we live by integrity in our lives? Jesus says, On the Gospels. He said, Let your yes be yes and your no be no. I'm an overcommitter often in my life. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. You may have noticed this about me. I once agreed a couple of years ago uh, to to go to three dinners in one night (laughs) because I just couldn't bring it in me to kind of say no to this. But has anyone seen the Vicar of Dibley episode? where the, the vicar of Dibley, she has three Christmas dinners on the same day. I basically ended up doing that one, one day, and I just, I waddled home, honestly. So if you ever invite me round, just say to me, you haven't committed to another dinner already this morning, have you? So that's, but um, sometimes I admit, I don't, that's not living truthfully to myself. I, I'd rather keep up my appearances with others than let them down. Do you go about your life living telling little white lies every now and then. This man was called Alexander Solzhetsin, I don't know how to pronounce it. He lived in, 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 yeah, in, in, in Soviet Russia, uh, and he was a famous writer um, in the midst of the regime that told lie after lie after lie every day. And they told lies so often that people would start believing in these lies that the regime would say. And he had a phrase, he wrote a book called uh, Live Not By Lies. Just live in accordance with truth. I think that's a good reminder for us today. And of course, the truth as Christians, the truth we live our lives by is the truth that Jesus is Lord. Not just uh, uh, kind of in my own personal life, but Jesus has defeated the powers and principalities and we live as a result of that. The breastplate of righteousness The breastplate protects the major organs of the body. So that's the importance of the breastplate. And righteousness means being in a right relationship with God, with those around us, with our neighbours, with creation. It incorporates both our prayer life. Are we in tune with God? Are we doing the simple things, spending time with him every day? But also justice. With our neighbour, are we in a right relationship with our neighbour? What about what about our spending habits? Do we have too much when others don't have enough? That's the question I want to ask you today. Are you living by righteousness? Are you in right relationship with God and with your neighbour? We said earlier, don't come to the altar unless you have forgiven in your hearts those around you. The shoes to proclaim the gospel of peace. The gospel is the good news that God has defeated his enemies that held creation in bondage and that our sins have been forgiven and we can live new lives through the power of his spirit. And that is fundamentally a message of peace. We are a people of peace, are we not? If someone walked in off the street today and and came and they looked around and they saw how we interacted with each other and they they came to a small group on a Thursday or whatever it is, would they say this is a people of peace? Or would they say there's bickering, there is uh, people talking behind each other's backs? What would they say? Of course, anxiety will come in this life, inevitably, it is part of life, but if we live in a community that lives in the light of the power of the gospel, we can carry one another's burdens, and these anxieties will not crush us. Amen? Amen. The gospel of peace is not just an individual thing, but it's... Meant to be lived out together. Too often in the evangelical church, we we think of the gospel as an individual thing, but it's meant to be lived out together. You cannot be saved to some degree just as an individual. Salvation, of course, is an individual thing, but the, the implications of that, we need to be part of a fellowship and a community. And that is what we are doing here. Salvation is a corporate thing as well. We have our fellowship meal after the service today, an opportunity to to come together and to be in fellowship with one another. Are we looking out for each other in this world of violence, in this world where Ukraine and and Yemen and other places have uh, war and violence? God's main response is to raise up a people who are at peace. Even though we come from different cultures and different parts of the world, we can live at peace with one another. The shield of faith. Roman soldiers used to carry their shield with animal hide on it. And they used to dip it in water because the enemies often would fire these these arrows that would be flaming. And obviously, you know, it would be more difficult if your uh, your shield is on fire to, to fight. But they used to dip it in water so that when the arrows hit it, then they'd be put out. How is your faith in God this morning? Not just, do you mentally believe that Jesus rose from the dead, but do you live your life by the truth? Do you trust that God is who he says he is? Those men who were singing at the beginning, you could tell, couldn't you? Their faith was strong. They believed, despite the trials and challenges of life, they had strong faith. Does your faith need replenishing today? Come and dip your faith in the stream of life. That's going to be the song we're going to sing afterwards. The helmet of salvation. The helmet protects your head, the place where you think and you reason from. Salvation is being saved from the consequence of our sin. But it's also the salvation, it's not just from, but it's salvation for this new life that God has won for us. If we know God's salvation, it changes everything how we act, how we behave, how we make decisions. Salvation is something that happens in an instant, but it's also something that is worked out. Paul says in uh, Philippians, continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Do you know that you are saved this morning? Perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. In the Salvation Army, we believe that salvation is something that, that can be gained, but that it can be lost. Again, we need to be attentive to that in our lives. Finally, the sword of a spirit is the word of God. Often said that this is the only offensive weapon within the uh, the, the armour of God. And that is true. It is an offensive weapon that we, we take out against the enemy. But it is also defensive if you're fighting you know, if someone's whacking you, you need to kind of put your sword out as well, don't you? It's part of this call to stand firm. Do you read scripture every day? Even if it's just one verse? Part of your small group. These are simple, simple things. And you might say, well, I'm too busy for that. Really? For five minutes? Out of your waking day, which is perhaps 16 hours, you're too busy to spend that time. We have three small children. It's busy. I get that. Life is hard. But it's these simple, simple things to do. There are resources out there to help you. I, you know, I've, I've struggled in the past with my own Bible reading, and sometimes when I've gone to different resources, it really helps. If you're struggling for that, come and speak to me. The sword of the Spirit. finally. Paul says at the end of this, he's gone through the armour. He says, Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. How is your prayer life? Being honest. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. Are you satisfied with it? Maybe you are. Maybe you're not. These are questions at the beginning of this new academic year. We've had our summer. We need to refresh ourselves. We need to think about it. And this, brothers and sisters, is our vision for this year. It's not hard. Teresa of al, al-, al- says, prayer is nothing else than being on terms of friendship with God. Are you friends with God? Are you in relationship with him? So that, brothers and sisters, is our vision this year, it's not hard, it's not complicated. We should anticipate opposition in life. Not only in our daily practical life, our relationships, our neighbours, but generally as Christians. I think it would be going too far to say that we are persecuted in this country. We are certainly not persecuted compared to Christians around the world. But it is becoming more difficult to be a Christian in the Western world. And that will only increase in the next few years. We do not need to win the victory that has already been done by God, but we participate in the victory of God. Do the simple things well, read scripture, spend time praying individually, corporately, love your neighbour, seek justice, take time to come to church and your small group, even if this means sacrifice to some degree. Love one another. Serve one another. Do not tire of doing good. It is a marathon and not a sprint. And if we do these things, I believe we'll be blessed as a fellowship. Amen. Amen. I'm going to sing a response song now. But I've about what I talked about earlier. All who are thirsty, dip your hearts in the stream of life. If you are thirsty this morning, if you have that sense of welling up. Actually, no, I need to go deeper with God. I need to renew and refresh that relationship. You are able to come to the mercy seat, an opportunity to pray. You can, of course, pray in your seats as well. That's absolutely fine. But if you want prayer with someone, there will be someone to pray with you. But let's sing this song together and just commit ourselves to this new year, to doing those simple, simple things well. Amen.